Good, 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 good. Um, so today is Vision Sunday. So we're going to do things differently. It's not going to be the same. I'm not going to be preaching today. Um, but if those of you who are new or you are newer to RGF Seattle, I just want to extend my warm welcome to all of you. And I hope that you understand that today is a special Sunday. It's not our regular Sunday. Um, and I just want to give you just a, a little bit of a, a preface so that you don't misunderstand us. Um, you know, during Vision Sundays, it's almost like a family gathering. Okay, a family gathering. You are looking at the living room of a family. As you guys know, not every family are perfect, right? Uh, every family have its own successes, celebration, its own tears, its own uh, needs and challenges. Uh, and so today, uh, I felt like I, we have been doing this for quite a number of years now, and I felt like uh, you as the congregation, you as the builders, the leaders, uh, I mean, have the right to know what is going on with our church in 2023, what are the successes, what are the challenges, and where we are going here in 2024 and maybe five to ten years beyond. Uh, so I just want you to keep that in mind uh, so that you, you don't misunderstand what's going on today. Uh, again, uh, we're just going to be as transparent as possible today to let you know about the ministry of our church, uh, what we have been doing, what, what is to come, and where we are going, okay? Uh, so before that, I want to share with you uh, some words, and then we'll, we'll switch gear here and there. Um, but first of, first of all, um, uh, I want to give appreciation first before we start, okay? I wanna, I'm very thankful for, uh, for our community here in just Seattle. Uh, family is never perfect. Uh, family is not always happy moments. It's not always enjoying the mountaintops all the time. But uh, family is also about uh, walking together in tough times too. Amen? Um, sad times too. Sometimes we have to sit down and walk with maybe a couple of you in your very difficult moments in life. That's what family is for, right? Uh, it's not always celebration. It's not always party. It's not always fun. Uh, but family is also about when tough times happen. And, and I know that this church have gone through a lot over the past 30 years, and I'm very honored to be, to be a part of that, and I'm going to share with you our journey uh, so that you can also f uh, walk together with us in that. Uh, my family and I, Kelsey and I, uh, we are very honored and very uh, thankful for all of our leaders, uh, you know, uh, for the love that they have poured to us over the past years uh, and to serve in this church together. Uh, I want to give a special thanks to our leadership board, uh, first and foremost, Martin and family. Uh, yeah, give, give them a hand, guys. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Kismet and family, uh, Chingming and family, uh, Koriki, uh, you know, for watching over us and guiding us uh, when the clear de decision became muddled, right? And when decision is not easy, uh, but you guys... Uh, walk together with us, giving us your advices. So I really appreciate our leadership board uh, for standing behind us all these years. I also want to give a big shout out to all of our leaders, uh, our coaches, our care group leaders. Uh, you are truly the frontline shepherd. Yeah, to keep watch, to protect, to walk alongside many, many of our church members. You do lives together with them. You extend your shoulders for others to cry on. So I just want to say, hey, coaches, care group leaders, I love you. I thank you. I love you 3,000 guys. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I need to name names, okay? I need to name names because I really want to acknowledge. I know some of them are not here today because they are traveling. Um, and some of them are uh, shredding the, the snow up in the mountains. Uh, but I want to name names. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Kojo and Chiwika. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Dama and Anne, if you're watching, I hope you get well from COVID. Uh, Dama and Anne, also, give a hand. Uh, yeah, I know they're watching online. Uh, Erwin and Mix. Um, yeah. Jason and Yovinda. Come on. Kathleen Sinarmanto. Yeah. Uh, Sean and Michelle Tan. Yeah. Uh, and... This is special, guys. Special thanks to our care group coordinator, Joy Sukadi. Come on. Yeah. And, and here's our care group leaders. They are the, the frontliners, uh, Erwin, Analau, and Suai. Come on. Give them a hand, too. Yes. Margaretan and Irene. Um, Audrey and Daniel. 
uh, Jason Tan and jo- Yofinda, Marvel and Chris, Dee and Grace, Nadia and Stanis, uh, Matthew and Kenny. Come on, give them a, ha- a hand. Uh, to those of you who are standing, you want to take a seat? Come on, okay. Um, I also want to say thank you, super, super thank you uh, to our ministry leaders. Yesterday, we had a great meeting. Uh, we realigned our, our vision, our togetherness. Uh, we wouldn't be here without your, your ministry, without your, without your leadership. So I want to share our uh, ministry leaders, uh, Hadi Anthony. Come on, yes. Uh, Edward Ateha. Erwin Suparno, yeah, Jason Gautama, Daniel Wijaya, Sheldon James, uh, Stanis Wahyudi, Joshua Billy Lopati, Erwin Analau, uh, Chiquita Sefanya, uh, Sharon Rebecca. Come on, give them all a hand. Joy Sukadi, K-Group Coordinator, and Kathleen Sinarmanto, K-Group Operations, uh, Corporate Worship, Martin Sukadi, uh, our WAM uh, leaders, leadership uh, team, Irma, Nicholas, and Audrey. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, Sound, uh, he's in Japan right now. Alan, Alan Suwardi. Yes, uh, projection and live stream. Alan, by the way, if you're watching, I'm praying for you, man, in, in, in Japan. Projection and live stream. Michelle Horio, come on. Yeah. Yeah. SSD and host, Sharon, uh, Rebecca. Yeah. Uh, and from our kids' church, guys, from our kids' church, uh, Kelsey, uh, <laughs> my dear wife, uh, Adeline Agus Pranoto, come on. Wow. <laughs> Nicholas Ngadiran, yeah. Billy Lopati, and Grace Saputra, come on. And from our church office, our staff, uh, and, and Antonius, Matthew Wichaksono. And together with their intern, Chris Somali and Hans Hure. Come on. And from our, our school and ELC, Miss Ashley too. Come on. Yes. Last but not least, uh, this is definitely special too. Pastor Kismet Argo, uh, Argo Pradipto, our executive pastor. Uh, he certainly has put his heart, man. His heart, his time, uh, his life, his family to help our church and our school. Uh, we, he worked hard. He, he has put countless hours. Uh, he's not a full-timer. He's an overtimer like me. Uh, so from the bottom of our heart, thank you, Pastor Kismet. Thank you so much. Yeah. Truly, uh, as you can see, there are so many names. Those are just the leaders, guys. Those are not including the builders. Uh, this church is truly uh, built with all of the builders, with all of the volunteers, and all of you. You are the church, okay? You don't go to the church. You are the church, amen? Uh, so I want to shift gear. I want to share with you. Uh, IFGF churches, we have about 3,000 churches globally, worldwide, okay? We have over probably 1,000 churches in Africa and Middle East, India, and Pakistan. Uh, and our global team for the whole world, IFGF Global for 2024, is alive in calling. Um, and this year, we're going to focus on you know, people discovering about their calling. Next month, we are all going together, together, all the next-gen leaders and builders, we're going together, uh, together in our church in LA, you know, people coming from all over North America, and we're going to talk about calling because God is looking for this generation who are called by Him and who are willing to say yes to His call. And this year, the, the main theme will be taken from the book of Joshua. So if you are doing a Bible study, you can also take a look and study the book of Joshua. And here for IFJF Seattle, locally here in Seattle, uh, the key verse that I want to share with you, and I'm not going to unpack it today because we have so many, so many things that we're going to discuss today, but the, the, the key verse for us here is from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. And I, I was just so happy and was so surprised too that our young professional care groups, uh, the three care groups, they are actually going to dedicate the Q1, right? Q1 and maybe Q2 to just studying the book of Ephesians. So how, how appropriate and how aligned that is. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 6, it says, I therefore, when it says I therefore, it's you. Individually, you said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling 
you and I, we are here not by coincidence. We are not here because we, we want to enjoy a, a, a community, which is kind of good. But you and I, each one of us have a calling. God is calling you. Yes, I know some of you might be like me, really? Yes. And I'll tell you a little bit about me, myself, okay, how God called me. So worthy of that calling. You need to walk worthy of that calling with which you were called with all humbleness, lowliness, gentleness, and with long-suffering, bearing one another in love and endeavoring to keep unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, as just you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. So the key words for, for IFJFC, I don't listen to this, the key words for all of us is that we are all called by God and we are going to walk together in unity. So the key word for us, 2024, unity. Amen. Can you repeat it after me? Unity. And I'm not going to unpack this. Again, I'm going to unpack it two weeks from now. But unity is not uniformity. Unity does not mean that we welcome people that look like us, that behave like us, that talk like us, that walk like us. That is not unity. Unity is that we are all different. We have different colors. We have different languages. We have different uh, background. But yet we are united to serve one God, one Spirit, and one Father. Can you say amen? amen. Unity. Unity. And then the next key word for us is maturity. Maturity, that's why we are in, in care groups, even uh, SSD was sharing with us, you know, in different ministries, we are, all, we are going to talk about God. We are going to be gospel-centered. We are going to be Jesus-centered. The messages in every ministry, in every care groups, in every department will be Jesus-centered because we want to grow in maturity. Maturity is the next word. The next word is next generation. Next generation. I am a pastor, I am a leader that is very focused on next generation. Uh, you can ask my wife, I keep talking about the next generation. I keep talking about how to invest in the next generation, how to grow our kids' church. You know, in fact, that's all that I talk about in 2023. And my wife said, stop talking about it. You have already repeated it so many times. I said, I will talk about it until it comes true. Okay? So next generation, and I, as you, can, you guys can tell over the past few years, uh, we, always, we allow young generation leaders to come here and preach. And that is a risky business, guys. You know, not too many pastors allow this platform to be taken by young people, 21 years old, 23 years old. But here they are. They are preaching the gospel. And, and again, just to, to give you a context, it's like they, they don't, don't just come here and walk and preach. Of course, we do a lot of um, hand guiding behind, you know, some of these young people know, uh, you know, three weeks prior, you are already sitting with me and, and, and going through the, the material and, and all that stuff. So we did control some of the, you know, most of the messages here, but we did give them the opportunity to preach to you because next generation, the next generation, and I'm going to expound more in the second half of today's session. The next word is oneness, just like in Ephesians uh, chapter 4, one. One vision, one faith, one. Okay, so all of us, we have different departments, we have different calling, we have different function, but we are all one. Can you say with me? One. One. So the key verbs, the key verbs, I, I'm not very good at English, but I know that verbs means action items, action words, right? Verbs. The key verbs is equip. We want to learn, okay? It doesn't matter whether you have been in church for 20 years, 5 years, or 1 year, we want to learn. I want to learn. I want to grow too. Okay, the next keyword is produce. I think leaders should produce leaders, right? Leaders should produce leaders. Grow. We want to grow mentally, spiritually. Uh, you know, I felt like this generation, there's so many challenges in your life that you went through, you know, a lot of mental health problems, right? You know, now even companies have mental health day. When I was growing up, there is no such thing as mental health, okay? Uh, there is no such thing. But I understand, mental health is a real issue uh, and, and we want to tackle that. Uh, and the only way to tackle mental health is when I, we abide in His Word. Amen? So we want to grow. 
the three dangers okay i've been praying uh, towards the end of last year and leaders you can listen to this too because this is what god put in my heart this is the key dangers it's almost like a prophet telling the church like hey guys yellow sign this is the key dangers okay and all of us have to pay attention when the prophet says key dangers because we don't want to go there so here's the key dangers this is what god gave me okay be careful of the power of assumption making assumptions about someone or the church or spreading those conversations negatively is a danger to unity it's a danger to the work of god and when we have that power of assumption when we begin to have assumption on a certain someone on a church on an organization on leadership on person we open a small door for the devil to start wiggling their way in and wrecking havoc to our family and we should not do that it will dismantle the work of god if we allow assumption to start lingering in our church number two is gossip trust and confidentiality are two important traits in our ministry okay i don't tell you on certain cases not because i'm trying to be sneaky not because i'm trying to be secretive but i want to protect the person that i'm ministering so you have to understand that you cannot force me to reveal what is going on in that person okay you need to respect me you need to respect your leaders if they want to keep confidentiality confidentiality is paramount to our ministry okay so i want you to understand that you know kelsey and i have walked this fundamental principle in our ministry if you have any question kelsey and i we always say speak directly to the person don't speak to person a person b about person c if person c is the problem and if if you perceive that person c is the problem go to person c if you cannot handle person c then come to the leadership okay this is very biblical and then the leadership will talk to the person c you know we don't go to talk to person a person b person d person e and all over the place and the person c doesn't even know that they, that he or she has an issue and that creates gossip okay uh, here are some of my and again if you are involved in ministry together with me when you tell me a certain person uh, my first response is what what's the name give me the name i will not i will not talk to you if say a certain person said this about this about that i said no give me the name who is that certain person and who is that other person that he's talking about give me specific name because otherwise no i'm not going to have this conversation okay and that's been our philosophy and that has protected us here are some of my own personal quotes and maybe kelsey's quotes too on this principle this is just quotes okay that have helped throughout my our personal life as well as our ministry life it says this you can speak favorably favorably behind my back but tell me a negative feedback in front of me okay you can praise me you can say good thing about me behind my back that's okay but if you have feedback said in front of me okay and then we can talk about it and i don't mind feedback okay whether it is positive or negative i don't mind at all okay just tell me it says this and this is a, a leadership uh, principle that i i adopted 10 years ago uh, when i became the senior pastor of the church is that if i didn't do it right i may not know the best solution yet <laughs> so if you know of a better solution or best solution then tell me right rather than like ah oh, pastor make that stupid decision you know he shouldn't have changed the lighting you know now it makes makes him look so white it's like i'm already white i'm already pale it doesn't matter what light okay but if you know of a better solution to make me look better more tan tell me <laughs> right if i don't make the decision that means i don't know the decision i don't know the best decision tell me give me okay rather than talking bad about me right if i don't know it i sincerely don't know it uh, look at me i don't know everything right uh, so if you know of a better solution tell me directly rather than complain and putting me down uh, and then share your burdens only to those who can add to the solution of the matter come on share your burdens only to those who can add to the solution of the matter and then additional quote 
your good friends and your best friends might not, might not necessarily be the best person to help you add to the solution as they might be biased or afraid to tell you otherwise. Come on, guys. You have those friends, right? You know, whatever you tell, they always agree with you. They say, hey, George, I'm going to jump this cliff. Oh, fantastic. You are Superman. And then you jump and die. Why? Because your best friend doesn't want to hurt your feeling. So be careful about that, okay? Because sometimes when you share, not productive at all because your friend can't even add to your solution, okay? Um, if we are not, this is from Kelsey, by the way. If we are not united in one vision, then we will have division, okay? Come on, I've just Seattle. Let's extend grace to one another and strive for unity among the family here in I've just Seattle. So those are the key dangers, okay? Uh, switch gear again. Uh, I want to say praise reports because a lot of good things happening in our church in 2023. Uh, we have eight people got baptized uh, in 2023. Come on, give God the glory. Yeah. Uh, we have about 11 people graduated from our iGrow classes. Come on, yeah. And we have 20 people who graduated from our lead class. Come on, yeah. Our kids and youth has grown tremendously, guys. I, I know some of you can see it yourself. Some of them give feedback like, oh my goodness, Pastor, I've just Seattle uh, has grown so much in their kids and youth. Uh, yeah, some of you may not know, maybe 10 years, 15 years ago, we have, our kids are the only kids in this church. <laughs> only three of five, six kids. But today, we have about 40 of them in our kids' church. Come on, that's a tremendous growth. Yeah. God gave me a vision over the next five years. Our youth and kids will grow to about 100, guys, to about 100. That's why I keep talking about it. I keep saying, like, we need to restructure our kids' church. We need a kids' church pastor. We need a full-time leaders just to focus. Because 100 people in your care is not a ministry, okay? It's a church. Many of the Indonesian churches in America doesn't even have 100 congregation, okay? So we need to take this very seriously. It's coming. It's coming. And the preparation has to start today. Okay? Today. Um, we have a welcoming event in the fall uh, to welcome all of the international students. Uh, you know, our outreach, we, we, I've just Seattle 30 years ago, we started our outreach as an international student outreach. That's why 99% of our congregation are all students. Okay, we have no adults, we have no professionals, we have no family. 100%, almost 100% student except for the pastor at that time. Okay, everybody is students. And so this, year, uh, this past year, we have a welcoming event and I got the report that we have 300 people attended, uh, attending that event. Come on, that's amazing, amazing. And, and, uh, and of course, some of you are here because of that event, right? Uh, and, and I hope you are blessed too. Uh, people has been our mission, uh, you know, IFGF's mission statement is, uh, vision statement is, people is our mission. And so we invested uh, a lot of our funds towards uh, people, you and I, okay? We, we spent uh, about $44,000 just on ministry and leadership development. Um, and then we also spent about 11,000 on community and celebration and events. Uh, we gave, including two world harvests, about 13,000 $487 uh, towards mission, and then we also uh, spent about $1,800 to adopt a family in Kenya. Uh, I think three, three, four families. I want to share a little bit uh, before we move on about adopting a family and all that stuff, because you all are very generous and you all are a part of this. In 2020, uh, we got a phone call from our World Harvest partner saying that uh, our pastors and our leaders are dying in Mumbai because of the shutdown. 2020 was a shutdown. You know, we in America, we are very blessed. You know, we can shut down for six months and everybody just enjoy themselves at home. But for those people, when the government uh, of India decided that they want to shut down for three weeks, people are crying because they will not eat for the next three weeks. Period. They will not eat, but they're okay. They will survive. They will, they will, they will do their best to, to survive three weeks. However, at the end of three weeks, the government said, uh-oh, 
COVID is not going to finish in, at the end of three weeks. We need to extend our lockdown for another month. And we were told a lot of the neighbors, especially in the Christian neighborhood, they were killing their children. Okay, I got a photos of them hanging their children uh, so that their children will just die a quick death rather than suffer in starvation. And we got contacted here in Avja Seattle. He said, hey, Avja Seattle, are you willing to do a sack farming for, Mum- for, for the community in Mumbai so that they can farm? You know, they can farm, they can grow stuff so that they can eat during the lockdown. And so we did that. We, you and I, we, Avja Seattle, we contributed to the Mumbai sack farming project. And guess what? The first year, I was told there are about one thousand people who received Jesus just because of the sack farming. Come on. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, it's not about the money, but about the salvation that we got to do. You know, the people that got to receive Jesus. And there are hundreds of people that, that was baptized that first year. Today, I wish, uh, I did not plan this. I wish I can show you the photo of their first Sunday service. Today, uh, one thousand people got saved, right? Today, Mumbai, our church in Mumbai, we have 1,300 home churches. 1,300, not people, home churches in Mumbai. With over 10,000 people got rich through, through the ministry of our sack farming. Three years later, guys. That's why I, I said we, we, we do make an impact. Okay, even though we are young, we are small, uh, but our impact is big. So I just want to salute you for that. You know, wonderful, wonderful. And then we have, you, as you guys know, we are very blessed. We are very blessed with this facility. We have a great campus. You know, we have a, such a beautiful campus. However, guys, uh, sometimes I also never acknowledge it or never realize it, that when you have a building like this, uh, we need to maintain the building. <laughs> okay, we need to repair because the building is growing old. Uh, the building also needs cosmetic, right? Just like human too, you know, needs some vitamins and cosmetics. So in 2023, the building, to operate this building, the two buildings, we have spent over $105,000 just on the building. That is like, oh, I hate that. I would rather put that money all on people, people development and ministry, but unfortunately, it is what it is. We have to come up with 105000 It's very painful. And this year, we probably have to spend another 105000 and the next year and the next year, right? And so I just want you to know, I just want you to be aware that those are our challenges. Um, in 2024, well, we have to budget you know, for all of these repairs. Um, some of you might observe that we fix uh, our siding on the south side of the building, right? That's wonderful, but at the same time, sad. I don't know. I'm, I'm very, you guys are very gracious to, to us, you know. None of you ever ask, like, why is only one side of the, the building, the siding is replaced? Why is only the south side? What happened to the north, the east, the west? I, I just want to answer it once and for all, so not, not all of you asking me, okay? Because we just don't have the budget. <laughs> we only have a budget for one side, and we determine that the south side is the worst. And so we fix it. And we just want to say a special thank you to Kotandra who helped us with that. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, so I'm done with the praise report. Let's switch gear again. Again, like I told you, we have served a lot of uh, people here from different generations, uh, whether it is the youth, the college, the YPs, the older generation. Uh, we have multi-generation here, and some people got impacted. Today, there are two of these people that have volunteered to come forward uh, and to share their testimony. So the first one will be Ariel. Uh, Ariel, are you ready? And then after that, Jason. All right, Ariel. Uh, all right, hi you guys, my name is Ariel and I'm from the youth group and I was just given this wonderful opportunity just to talk about what God has been working um, in my life. So um, just thank you for that. Um, I was looking last year and um, yeah, I was just looking back at last year and I could just see so clearly what God has been working in my life and just his love and mercy and grace. And I just wanted to share about some things that God has shown. So. 
sometimes there's this like deep longing for happiness and fulfillment in each and every one of us. Like the world will often try to fill this up with things like success or money, but really none of that ever works. And I would know last year was pretty successful or whatever, I would like get this thing that I've been working for and then I'd feel that excitement and then afterwards it was that like, oh, okay, so um, what now? And in this world of like busyness and work, it can be like really, really, really easy to just get caught up in the motions. But we are made for so much more and we are called for that higher purpose and we are called to be set apart. Come on, like, amen. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were made to be in a relationship with and serve a God who just truly cares for us and loves us. So I'm so thankful to have a God who cares for and listens to us and um, is always with me. So yeah, we have a God who loves us so much, but when we hear that like, oh, God loves you over and over and over again, it can sometimes lose its like meaning and value. But um, I just wanted to go to Romans 8:38 with what Paul says. Um, he says, nor height or nor depth, nor um, things to come, Wait, oh sorry, let me start over again. Okay, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And isn't that so amazing? God's love for us is just so beyond comprehension. And um, he just loves us so much. Like it says in Psalms 8, I look at the creation and like everything that God has made. Like who are we that God is mindful of us? Like who are we that God cares for us? And this is like where the true joy and love and peace and freedom comes from. It's like being in a relationship with God and being able to serve God. And it's just so amazing. And it's been like that co constant comfort in my life. And it's just been really, it's really great. Like God is just so good. And I just pray that our lives be a testimony of who God is and like his love and what he's done for us. And yeah, of course we mess up sometimes. Like um, some people in our youth group um, have started a one year Bible plan and we're in the book of Genesis right now. And wow, you just see like time and time again, like there are people messing up like big time, but, <laughs> but like, really? really, really big. Yeah, but um, God has just always made a way for his glory and his power just to be known. And um, yeah, so that's just what God did for me, was, has been doing in my life. And um, I'm just so looking forward to see what God has in store for each and every one of us. So, yeah, he's so good. Yeah, thank Amen. you. Yes. Hey, guys. Uh, I feel very <laughs> blessed uh, to be able to share. I'm going to share a quick uh, testimony about my walk of faith. Uh, for those of you who don't know me yet, my name is Jason, and uh, I joined IFGF around two years ago. Uh, I know it's kind of <laughs> weird that I'm here now. But, uh, you know, so I graduated from the University of Washington uh, around 2022, and, you know, felt like I had a job lined up, had a few uh, publications under my name, did biochemistry, and, uh, you know, I felt like the world was my oyster. It was all about me. I got everything ready, you know? And... Um, Around the same time, my life was good, and uh, my best friend Maddie, shout out to the, my top G there, woo! She um, invited me to uh, a university care group, uh, IFGF care group here, uh, led by D. And um, you know, I thought I was like, hey, I'm just gonna treat this as a hangout thing. Uh, it's gonna be nice meeting new people, you know, extra, as an extrovert, right? And uh, <laughs> so I came. It was fun. Came to church too, and you know, uh, sometime later, around a week later, my job actually started. And uh, you know what? First weekend, I hated it. It was horrendous. I felt like there was a huge disconnect between me and my colleagues and my boss due to the age difference, as well as, uh, you know, sometimes I, I would throw like some risky, uh, you know, workplace jokes, and it would just like went over their head. It's kind of like awkward, you know? So I'm like, oh gosh, that's terrible. One thing about me is I overthink a lot, so these things really affect me. I'm like, oh my God, do they hate me or something? You know, am I like, am I saying something wrong? And on top of that, my work is also really hard. Like, just not knowing when you do an experiment, you can't really see where your cells are. And at the end of the day, it's gone. You're like, oh, God, you know, where do they all go? <laughs> so uh, it, it took a toll on me. And I was like, oh, God, like, this is, this is too much. Um, you know, over time, uh, I realized that uh, as I go to more of my care group and church, uh, these places have become a, a place of um, 
so like comfort for me, a place where I can escape all my stress just because of the community. Like just everyone was so caring, everyone was so nice and they would pray for me and everything even though I initially joined without the intention of actually knowing who God was. I just came in for, for friends, you know. And uh, uh, one thing leads to another. I start taking iGrow classes, you know, led by the pastors here. I even got baptized here, actually. Yeah. And, uh, woo! And, uh, <laughs> and I started uh, becoming an usher. And, uh, you know, I want to greet people, you know. So if you see me outside, waving your hands, happy yeah. Sunday. It's Jason, guys. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And, uh, you know, and then soon I realized that... Um, because I hang out with people of faith and surround myself with the word of God, you know, being intentional, being put in that place, I slowly start to learn uh, the person of Jesus, you know, the person of God, yes. uh, who he is as, a, as an individual. And uh, I realized that a lot of my workplace problems can actually be kind of like not solved, but God has the answer for it. You know, his words is very applicable to all my problems. And, um, you know, notice that nothing has changed, that, you know, did my boss suddenly get my joke and start laughing? No. Did my work get easier? No. And, you know, am I still single? Absolutely. You know? But one thing, one thing, though, one thing that changed is my belief. Now I actually believe that the architect of this universe actually cares for me. There's someone up there that looks sought after me. You know, when I feel like I'm lost, he offers me his hand and carry me around and say, Jason, come here. This is where you need to go. When I feel like everything is too much and I can't carry on, he offers me his, his arms and let me rest. And best of all, when I feel like I'm not worth anything, when I feel like this job is too much, everyone's so smart and I, I don't know anything, God offers me his love, his unconditional love. Amen. And, you know, um, uh, looking back, you know, freshman kid Jason, graduate Jason, it's like, God, you know, like, there's so many rules that you put in your book. I just want to be free. I want to live life in college. I want to shotgun beers and everything. But, you know, you, what, if, what if the rules that God set for you, these rules in the Bible, is actually out there to protect you? It's only through these, these rules that he set that you can actually live your true freedom, feel true joy. Wow. And, uh, you know, with that, I want to, with, before I leave the stage, I hope you guys can take this um, testimony as an invitation for us to grow together in God, you know, know him better, learn his words, and, you know, put it to practice, I guess. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, guys. This is our home. This is my home. This is a place where I met with God. This is the place I found my purpose. I met my wife here. I met my husband. I entrust my kids to encounter God and grow. Here in this place, we find a home away from home. The warmth of a family, a genuine embrace, people who truly care for our destinies. Here in this sanctuary, we witness many miracles. The addicted are set free and the brokenhearted sing again. Here in this sanctuary, we met with the living God. Now, the Lord is continuing to give us a vision, a mission to raise another generation of world changers. We want you to join us in this vision. As our church grows, we are raising funds to pay off our mortgage so we can focus all our finances and effort on discipling our next generation for Christ. Our goal for this campaign is $1.2 million. Would you partner with us in your financial contribution? For your kids, for my kids, for our children, help us invest in our future generation. Thirty years ago, I was still a student. I was a college student. I came here to Seattle, and uh, my generation, my friends, uh, we were um, 
having to move from different location to different location just to have a Sunday service like this. Uh, and we have to knock down and, and install our equipments, all of these equipments. Every morning, every Sunday morning, we have to come early, we have to install the speakers, we have to set up the chairs, and, every, and ev at the end of the service, we have to knock everything down, put it into the storage, and then sometimes we cannot have a Sunday service because the owner of the building needs to use the space, and we have to quickly find another space. It's just so crazy. And so at that time, a bunch of us, you know, um, I'll say maybe about 150 of us, 100 of us, uh, we decided at that time, as a student, some of us are 18 years old, uh, I was probably about 19 years old at the time, uh, we were talking among ourselves, you know, uh, as friends, and said, you know, we cannot continue to do this, we cannot grow our ministry, we cannot continue to grow our church family and community by moving from one place to another, by knocking, uh, you know, equipment, and so at that time, being a 100% student, about 100-something of us, 100% student, no millionaire, no billionaire, we decided that we want to start a fundraising campaign to be able to have a down payment to buy a building. And so what we did, again, this is 30 years ago, okay, please, please don't judge me. So what we did is that we commit, uh, you know, some of us can afford a certain amount of money, some of us can have more, but each of us commit a minimum of $1 a day 30 years ago. And what we did is that we, we take, a, take one dollar and we put it in a tin can uh, so that we don't use it. And then at the end of the 30 days, at the end of every month, we will come forward, you know, and we will dump our tin can, you know, $30, some of us $60, some of us $90, whatever amount. We dump it into that thing and then we save it for a building. I've, I can't, completely forgot how many years we did that, probably about 10, 15 years we did that. And in two, I think in 2005, uh, we were... We were using this building at the time we were renting. Uh, we were using the gym, actually. We, we don't have the luxury of using the sanctuary when you are renting. So we're using the gym. And then uh, the owner of the building approached uh, us and say, like, uh, hey, IFGF, uh, our church is dying. Uh, the owner of this church, we're dying. We, we couldn't afford to maintain this building. We need to move. Uh, are you interested to buy? And we were kids. You guys remember, we were young college students, and we were like, what? Uh, we, we're not praying about this building, because this building, I think, is too much. We were just thinking of probably another building. Um, but we pray about it, and God, uh, you know, somehow opened doors and aligned uh, a bank to be able to finance us. And you remember that, that bucket, that, that tin can that we collected uh, was enough to pay a down payment to buy a $9 million facility that you see today here, okay? Uh, again, mind you, we are just students, guys. At that time, we are all 100% students. Uh, and they, like I told you, there are probably about 150 of them who donated at that time. And uh, there is only 149 of them did not get to taste this building. 149 of them gone by the time uh, you know, we were able to fully utilize this building because most of them are international students, so they have already went back uh, to their home countries. There is only one among the 150 people that are, will, that are able to enjoy the building, and you are looking at him now. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I'm the only one left uh, at that, that generation. But, but this is one thing that touched me about... about uh, I'm not trying to be proud of myself or anything, but a bunch of us are not thinking about us. You understand? Because most of them, like I said, 149 of them never even experienced this building. They don't even get to enjoy it, but yet they are thinking of the next generation. And today, there are a few of you here are actually the children of my friends. I don't know if you guys want to stand up or not, but it's up to you, <laughs> right? But there are a few of them that get to enjoy their parents' contribution of one dollar a day and today I also get to see the people that I serve the one that come after me they now have their children as you guys see just now and now their children are serving in this church our God is a God of generation and last year 2023 I was making a statement saying that I focus on the next generation my generation, we have been burdened 
by the mortgage of this $9 million building. Okay, our commitment, a minimum commitment of the mortgage is about $11,000 every month just to stay in this building, minimum. And I told the board, I said, we cannot do this. We cannot continue to do this to the next generation. I want to see our generation paying off this building so that when I am done here, I'm going to transfer this facility and this ministry to the next generation debt-free. Okay, debt-free. So help us, partner with us. Today, I'm going to do two ways of doing fundraising. We want to pay off. We are only $1.2 million left. Okay, that's nothing. Honestly, it's not much, okay? We have over 1,000 alumni, 2,000 alumni probably all over the world that have graduated from IFJF Seattle. And probably one or two of them could easily, could easily pay off 1.2 million. Oh my goodness. You know, I, I have seen people that told me that they could have easily bought a house, $10 million just like that by cash. Okay, but, but we have to take part too. Here, locally in Seattle, you and I, we have to take part. So here's what I want to do. Our goal is 1.2 million, and, and I want to follow the 30-year strategy, okay, to make it easy. Uh, we are looking for 100 people in this church, 100 people minimum, okay? Hopefully, I can get to 150 so that it will be very roman romantic, right? It's the same as 30 years ago. But I'm looking for 100 people who can contribute an additional $100 per month to the building campaign so that we can pay off. Really, my prayer is that by this time next year, by Vision Sunday 2025, I can report to the church, hey guys, we have paid off the loan. So who wants to contribute with me? $100 per month. You don't have to do a tin can anymore just like I did 30 years ago. Uh, you can do Venmo, you can do Zelle, you can do wire transfer, or to some of you traditional <coughs> Kojo, uh, they can <laughs> put, put a check in our offering box. If you are putting a check or you are uh, Venmoing or you are doing Zelle or anything, make sure that you identify it by saying building campaign or building or some sort of, a, of an identifier so that our treasurer and our treasury team will know that that belongs to paying off the mortgage. Okay, this contribution here is not going to be touched by anything else except going towards the mortgage. And I really want us to pay off this mortgage so that we have enough funds to repair the building too. And after that, we're going to use most of our funds just for people development, for ministry, for reaching out to people. So I want you to take a moment. I want us to pray and I want to see 100 people. Hopefully today we can finish 100 people completed so that next week I don't have to talk about it anymore. The following, I don't have to talk anymore. Today, let's finish it. 100 people, okay? Let's, let's take a moment and bow your heads. Uh, I know 30 years ago we used tin can, but I was told, Pastor, no more. Now, all you can do is use your iPhone and point it to that thing, that wiggle, wiggle square, okay? <laughs> but don't give, don't give, don't give yet. Don't give. I know you guys are so excited to give. Don't give yet. Let's pray first. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for, for that generation. That generation, thank you for giving the faith, the vision, and, and the boldness of that generation of willing to give even though they know they may not enjoy it. They give sacrificially, they give faithfully, and they give with vision, and they give not only for their generation, but they give because they see that this church will continue to serve for the generations to come. And today, 30 years later, that prayer finally came through. We saw their children here today. We saw our children here today being served by this same church and same uh, community. Therefore, today, Father God, I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room and those that are in the live stream or those that are traveling. Give them the heart to give an additional $100 towards this building fund. 100 people, minimum, $100 minimum. If you can give 200 300 per month, 500 a month, 1000 according to what God spoke to you today, Give it sacrificially, faithfully, and with boldness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to give just a little bit time for you to, uh, you know, do whatever that thing can do, uh, and then and then we'll give you a report next week. Uh, how many?
people have given and have joined our campaign. Uh, if we are shocked by that 100 people, next week we'll, we'll run it again. You know, I know some people are a little bit slower in respond. Don't worry. Uh, just just uh, do what according to what God put in your heart, okay? I want to share, while you continue to do what you need to continue, I want to share a little bit of a background story. God's been good. God's been so faithful. God has been amazing for our church. In 20, uh, 2018, uh, you know, we have a loan for this church. And to those of you who have purchased a home, uh, home mortgage is different from commercial mortgage. Home mortgage, when you get a mortgage and you pay 30 years, uh, by the end of the 30 years, if you do nothing else and you just keep paying for 30 years, that mortgage will be paid off in 30 years without doing anything else. But in a commercial mortgage, like they give you 10 years and then you pay 11,000 every month and then at the end of the 10th year, you don't get, you don't pay it off. You have a balloon payment. Okay, in 2018, we have a balloon payment of roughly maybe about 1.6 million at that time in 2018. And our bank, uh, Bank of America, you know, yay, Bank of America, uh, told us, don't worry, Pastor Erwan, because at the end of your loan, you will automatically be extended for another 10 more years. So I'm not worried. We'll just, yeah, just keep paying. But months before our deadline, the VP of the bank called me. He said, Pastor Erwan, I have bad news for you. I'm sorry to promise you, but our... Uh, you know, upper, whatever, uh, just inform all of us that loans to churches, loan to religious institutions will not be extended. <sighs> and this is like a few months before I need to go back to Indonesia, I need to have a meeting, and I was, my head started like, <laughs> I was like, okay, 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 now what? You know, I went, I, I have a lot of banks, uh, network, and, 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 and friends, you know, so I contact my bank's friends, uh, and I was rejected probably about almost a hundred banks within that few months. Man, I've never been rejected by girls as many as I was be being rejected by banks. That hurts, man, okay? My friend said, hey, Pastor Irwan, do you still need help? I said, yeah. Do you, do you want a hot money lender? Oh, man, if, even if you uh, introduce me to somebody in the alley in Chinatown, I will talk to them. I don't care, I'm desperate. Uh, so to cut the long story short, I was rejected, uh, and the deadline was end of July, okay? The expiration was end of July. By June, I was still rejected. And then finally, a pastor, who is also a financial guy, he said, let me help, let, let our institution help you. So they run the numbers. Uh, after a week later, he said, I'm sorry, Pastor Irwan, our institution cannot help you. I'm like, oh no, I'm... I'm like six weeks away from, from expiration. I'm like desperate. He said, however, this pastor, he said, however, I can help you repackage your proposal because your proposal is not clear. So he repackaged my proposal and he gave me like this thick of a proposal. And then he said, I'm going to introduce you to a bank, my friend at this bank that, that will help you. And then I said, which, by the way, which bank is that? He said, oh, somebody in Wells Fargo. Oh. Wells Fargo is the first bank that rejected me. I said, no, Wells Fargo has already rejected me months ago. I, 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 he said, uh, maybe you just talk to her because she's very well versed in commercial financing. And, and to cut the long story short, we got it, guys. We got it. July 27, 28, I signed that, that paperwork. And then two days later, I, I have to fly out to Asia. God is never late. God provides. God has been amazing. One more thing, okay, before I go back to the campaign. During that time, in my desperation, I got approval from the board to offer this facility to the Jewish school. Okay, so I went behind to our neighbor, the Seattle Jewish school. Okay, I said, hey guys, we can't pay. Our loan is going to expire in a few weeks. We can't pay. Are you interested to buy this facility? And at that time in 2018, they were like, yep, we're interested. Tell us the, the, the details. We have the funds ready for you. And we're like, oh, great. But then in my little heart, I'm like, oh, no. The vision that my generation has um, you know, worked for, I'm just going to end it like this. You know? But no choice. I really have no choice. 
So we want to make a deal, but to cut the long story short, we got the funding July 20-something. Guys, you know what? In, December, in some months in 2020, the Jewish school came to us okay, and say, Pastor Irwan, I just want to bid farewell to you because we can't afford to keep that building next door. And we have to sell it. Guys, the, the one that's supposed to save us is the one that couldn't make it. They sold that building now to Billings Middle School. What I'm trying to say is that our God is able. Our God provides. But God also wants to partner with His children to make it even more romanticized. The story, right? Yeah. So there's two parts to the campaign. So I thank you so much for those of you who uh, contributed $100. Uh, keep flashing your phone or whatever to that squiggly thing that square looking thing. Uh, but I also want to do another share campaign to all of our alumni and to those people who have the heart to actually do a one-time giving to this church. Maybe some of our alumni, uh, we're going to reach out to them, you know, our friends uh, that are back wherever they are, you know, some of them are in China, Taiwan, wherever they are, we're going to just share the same vision saying, hey, are you willing to partner with us to pay off this 1.2 million I hope that some of them might be willing to give us 50,000, 100,000, 200,000, 300,000. I don't know. I just want them too to share uh, that campaign. So if you know of anyone that you think that might be willing or might have the interest and burden to share, it could be your parents, it could be your crazy rich uncle, it could be the crazy rich Asian neighbor, I don't care. You know, uh, I, okay, backtrack, backtrack. I, honestly, I hate doing fundraising. I it just sometimes make me want to throw up just talking about fundraising. But if I think about the next generation, if I look at our youth and our children, I put my shame down. I don't care. You guys can judge me. You guys can say like, oh, this pastor talk about money all the time. Listen, I served this church for 25 years. This is my 25th years being a pastor, guys. 25 years I've served in this church almost full time. I'm an overtimer in this church. And I have never taken any pay from this church. I've never got any salary from this church. So what I'm trying to say is that when I talk about money, it's not for me. It's truly for the church and for the generation to come. So I'm not ashamed. I'm going to say, if your parents are willing to come up with 50,000, tell them, call them, and say, hey, I just Seattle needs your help. You need to move. Please do so over the next few weeks or months and so that we can have it uh, finalize and, and be paid off. And once we paid off, I'm going to give you a screenshot of, of the letter of paid off, okay? And then we all celebrate together. Maybe you, if you guys are okay, maybe we, uh, you know, and the board is okay, we can maybe spend uh, a few amount of money and we celebrate here and eat nasi tumpang, you know, or something like that, okay? <laughs> uh, so that's done. I'm done, okay? I'm done. Uh, unless we did not reach the 100 people, then I'll, I'll talk again. Um, no shame. <laughs> and then probably after this, I will throw up <laughs> at the back because uh, I hate talking about money in church, but I have to for, for the sake of our, our children. The next thing that we want to pray for and together is we are still looking for a kids church pastor. Kids church pastor. We did interview, just to give you guys some uh, notes, is that we did interview some people. Some people have contacted us, uh, but so far uh, we have not found anyone that is a very good match yet. So if, if you are being called to be a pastor, especially for the kids' church, talk to me, okay? Talk to me, and I will train you, I will educate you, and, uh, and IFGF Region 1 will probably be able to give you scholarship to go to school, for theological school. Uh, talk to me, okay? I know it's scary, you know, once we put the word pastor, it's scary. Uh, but God is always very, very amazing. You know, either He can talk to me, through me, <laughs> to invite you, or one day He will just put you there, just like me. Okay? <laughs> yeah, for years, the pastor said, who wants to be pastor? And I was at the back, I'm like, mm, not me. <laughs> Definitely not me, businessman, businessman. <laughs> you know? And then one day, here I am. So when people ask, Pastor, how do you plan to be pastor? I have no clue. One day, God just dropped me and said, Ewan, you are the pastor of FJ Seattle now. Just run with it. And I'm like, huh, me? <laughs> what about my business? What about my family? What about, what about, what about? And God says, no answer. 
okay? God has a sense of humor, you know? Yeah, I've been praying for 25 years, and he has not explained to me why he wants me to be here. So my time uh, is almost up here. So, and then number three is that we, we want to continue to strengthen our care groups. Care groups is the bread and butter of this church. The care groups is our house churches, okay? There is no way each and every one, there's no way Jason and Ariel can continue to grow in a Sunday service like this. You know, we have almost uh, about 300 people here. Uh, there's no way you can grow, right? It's through the care groups that you do life together, that you pray together, you cry together, you notch each other together, you encourage together. That's how we grow. That's how we get accountability. That's how we got friendship. So care groups, we're trying to strengthen the care group. Uh, we uh, thank you so much for Joy for his, her leadership. We form a core group now. Uh, so, so Joy is not alone. So she and her core groups now are going to help manage uh, our care groups. And hopefully we will see care groups all over the place, okay? All over Bellevue and, and you know, everywhere, okay? And how do we strengthen uh, our care groups? Uh, we want to strengthen our care groups through training. Uh, through education of our leaders, uh, potential leaders, through mentorship, through one-on-one. Uh, we have a biblical foundation through IFJF College. You know, IFJF uh, has an online college too that they can tap in. For all of you guys, listen to this. You can get a, a, a theological uh, education for free uh, through the IFJFCollege.com. Okay, you just need to sign up, go to the school, uh, attend online, and it's on your own pace, on your own time, Okay. Uh, I want, we want to make it simple for everyone to be theologically educated. Now, care groups are doing Bible study series so that they can be in the Word, they can grow because the Word of God is what allowed them to grow. Uh, in conclusion, we are called to be a church of all people. Okay, we are not an Indonesian church. We are not an Indonesian church. Okay, even though some people said like, Pastor Irwan, you are an Indonesian church pastor, I always correct them. I'm not an Indonesian church pastor. I am not, to be honest. My family is not even Indonesian. My family is a multi-ethnic family. We are a cross-culture family. Uh, and I, I just love, you know, multi-ethnicity. I just love different generation. Uh, so here's uh, what, what I want to make a statement to end. We are a multi-ethnic, multi-generation church with the focus of kingdom culture. We are a big church but we are a small community. We want people to connect with God, and we want to make disciples. What does it mean, big church? Yes, the number keep growing. As you guys can tell, somebody just told me, it's like, hey, Pastor, it's harder to find a seat now at church. It's like, oh, that's a good problem, okay? Uh, grow in number, that's good. Big in impact, look at Mumbai. It's, you know, with the help of IFJ Seattle, Mumbai now has over 1,300 churches. Uh, we are a small community. Even though our numbers continue to grow, but listen to this. One soul matters. One person matters. You and I, we matter. So let's not forget that. And we want to do one-on-one discipleship. That one-on-one discipleship should be the culture of the church, and care groups will be our platform. Connect people to Christ. Disciple them in their faith journey so they can go and connect others to Christ. Let's all stand. I want to summarize. These are the four points that I think we need to pray together, work together in unity. Is that we want to pay off our mortgage, 1.2 million. Do I have the faith? <laughs> Sometimes I don't have the faith too, that we can pay it off by January 2025. But a couple of you, interestingly, say, Pastor, I have faith. Like, wow, I need to tap to their faith too sometime. But pay off our mortgage, 1.2 million. We want to continue to pray for our kids' church pastor so that maybe somebody internally will come forward and say, you know what, pastor? God has been talking to me. I think you bring the confirmation. I want to walk in that. That would be sweet, okay? Uh, Then we want to strengthen our care groups. Uh, I mean, Joy has done a phenomenal job with her team. I don't have to say much about that. Uh, There's a lot of work behind the scene in 2023. One year. It took us one year to just formulate those things. And then big church, but small community. Amen. Hey, how many of you want to stand together with us here to make this church successful, not only for my generation, your generation, but for the next generation? 
hopefully, 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 I'm no longer a senior pastor of this church by the time you guys have kids. Okay, I'll be a grandpa by then. You know, hopefully, hopefully. We were joking at that time. Remember 30 years ago, some of my friends said, oh, maybe one of you guys will become pastor of our children. And I'm like, ha, ah, that would be funny, right? That person is, is and then it's me. Yeah, taking care of your friends, your friends' kids is very tricky, right? Yeah, it's better to take care of somebody else's children. <laughs> yeah, but again, I thank you so much again uh, for supporting us, for showing us love. We could feel the love, guys. I mean, you guys are so amazing to us. Uh, me and Kelsey and all of our family, we just really want to say thank you for allowing us to serve in this church. You know, it's been 25 years. This is my 25th year anniversary. I will, yeah, I, I was a pastor 25 years ago. I, I was a pastor. I was called when I was 25 years old. That's just amazing. 25 years ago. Uh, I think I'm done. I'm, I'm exhausted. How many of you are exhausted listening to, to me? I'm, yeah. Uh, let's just pray uh, and watch the sea. Uh, no, never mind. The Seahawks already out. Uh, yeah, you is out too. It's okay. Uh, let's just pray. Just pray. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord. Even though we have still so many weaknesses, even though we are not perfect, even though we make mistakes. Oh man, 25 years being a pastor of oh, so many mistakes I've made. Some of them I've regretted it. Some of them are just ridiculous mistake. Man, I'm myself not perfect. But God, you are perfect. Your grace is more than enough in every season of our lives. Oh God, you are such a good God. You are such a faithful God. I personally, as a young man, have seen how you move through my life, through Kelsey, through all of our children's life. You are amazing, God. Man, you not only have a sense of humor, but you know our yesterday, you know, you know our today, you know our tomorrow. You know, I wrote this in my Instagram, God. It's, I may not know my tomorrow, but I know who holds my tomorrow. Oh God, I pray for blessing over this church. As you know that we have been struggling to pay off this mortgage over the past years, but when you move, you move through the hearts of people. You're not going to pour down money from heaven. That's not how you work. You work through the hearts of men and women, especially men and women that are humble. We don't need millionaires. We don't need billionaires. We just need 150 college students to move and look at the product of this facility. And we know that you can move through many people. Father God, thank you so much for tonight, this afternoon, as we depart from here. Let's all lift our hands up and receive the blessing, would you? Heavenly Father, thank you so much. As we depart from here, may we bring the glory from the throne of the Father, the love through the Son, Jesus Christ, and the fellowship with the Holy Spirit be with you from today till eternity, till the second coming of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Thank you so much.